You're tuned in to New Connection Radio, featuring new releases for conscious living. I'm your host, Vicki Thompson. Today, I'd like to welcome to New Connection Radio, Bunny Payne Clemay, who is the author of Creative Synergy, using art, science, and philosophy to self-actualize your life. Bunny, welcome to New Connection. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks for having me. You have an amazingly detailed and beautifully written book about creativity. Um, can you tell us, uh, just kind of starting at the beginning, what is creativity? It can be defined so many ways that it takes me four weeks in my graduate course to answer that question. But I will answer with my favorite response, which is a quote from Edgar Casey, also known as the Sleeping Prophet. We are here on earth to express our oneness with the universal field of all possibilities. And here's the Casey quote, an entity or a soul is a spark or portion of the whole, the first cause, and thus is a co-worker with the first cause or purpose, which is the creative influence or force that is manifested in materiality. We enter this life to communicate with the creative forces. My spiritual teacher, Swami Kriyananda, says we try to cooperate with what wants to happen. And to do that, we tune deeply into what we would call God or what we can call the force if we're more secular. And we try to express our portion of that creativity on earth through our life's mission. So it sounds like we're really born to be creative. Yes, we are. And, of course, there are more secular ways of talking about it. One way is Teresa Abelay's componential theory, which says that we have to pay attention to our task motivation, meaning we, tend to, we have to be intrinsically motivated. We have to have domain-relevant skills, meaning that if we're a painter, we have to learn about texture and color and composition. And then we also have creativity-relevant skills, which are learning how to meditate, learning how to be in the flow state, uh, keeping a journal, all the kinds of things that we do to be creative. But yes, I would say we're born to be creative, and that when, when, we, when we don't express our creativity, we actually get depressed and even physically sick. Well, you talk a lot about your, in your book about creative synergy. How do you activate that to keep on track? Well, the way I define creative synergy, I use Ken Wilber's integral operating system, which is a way to measure all elements of philosophy and history, everything that is, in four quadrants. And I use the four-quadrant system in the book. And creativity can operate in a synergy first between the, the field and the individual. The universal field, of course, is, can be called God or the creative forces. Then there are ways to activate that. And I talk about that in chapters one through four. Then parts of the individual can act act in synergy, like the conscious and the unconscious mind. And I talk about that in chapters 5 and 6, ego and egolessness, uh, between members of a group, such as the Beatles. The Beatles had a sense of operating as a group synergy, a we, what Andrew Cohen would call a super holon. Um, And we can also look 
the thing in itself, the work of art, and look at synergy between it. Is there juxtaposition of opposites, for example? Do the parts become a whole? Finally, we can look at the parts of a system. We can look at toxic systems and systems that nurture creativity. And that's very important for managers because you want to understand what can motivate people creatively. Daniel Pink has done some great, book, great work on this. He has a book and he also has a TED talk on what he calls Motivation 3.0. And in Motivation 3.0, you need to give your workers autonomy and purpose and mastery. And he cites Google, which allows its workers to take one day off every week and do everything that they just want to do, anything they want to do. And the 20% off day has caused Google to come up with most of its great inventions, like Google Glass and the driverless car. So it sounds like when you're using that uh, integral operating system, you're really working consciously to be creative. Yes, absolutely. And I like Robert J. Sternberg's comment that the most important thing that you can do as a creative individual is make the decision to be creative. So many of us don't make the decision. We write the paper the same old way. We do the recipe the same old way. We go to the same vacation every year. We don't make the decision. In my undergraduate creativity classes, I have all kinds of exercises to help students make the decision to be creative, like making things on their own and then showing them in class. And the more you make the decision, the more you can become creative and use all of the tools that are out there. And there are many ordinary tools for creativity out there, like De Bono's Lateral Thinking or Six Hats. But I believe that the important part is, is tuning in to the creative forces, using meditation to say what is trying to happen here. You know, we talk a lot about the ego and creativity. How does it both support and block creativity? Well, I talk about that in my, my Chapter 5 or 6. First of all, spirituality has given a bad name to the ego. You're supposed to get rid of your ego in order to be a spiritual person. And in fact, my spiritual teacher, Swami Kriyananda, says Nothing can stop a creative impulse so quickly as the idea that I am creating this. So if you're in the flow state and words are coming quickly or the painting is coming quickly to you, you're tuning into something beyond yourself, and all of a sudden you think, gee, I'm pretty great, I'm creating this, that stops the flow. So we have to be consciously open to the creative source and not empower the ego. And the ego always wants to say what's in it for me. It wants to look for the reward in the future. And Teresa Amabile, a cognitive scientist at Harvard, talks about how thinking about the reward in the future can also block creativity. She's done a lot of experiments with that. But also, you have to have enough of an ego to be able to act. You can't just sit back and say, let God do it all. You have to be active and passive at the same time. Uh, Yogananda, my guru, called it actively passive and passively active. You have to receive 
the divine idea, but then you have to act on it and try to create something on your own. If you're too frightened of failure to be able to make the first brush stroke on the page, you won't be able to paint. If you're too frightened of failure, you won't be able to contact the gallery owner and say, will you show my paintings? Or contact the editor and say, will you show my work? My graduate class at Atlantic University, which is now in the process of registration for the summer, by the way, a lot of the students want to be creative people in various creative fields, and they're afraid to play the instrument in public. They're afraid to sing. They're afraid to present their work. And so that is an ego problem that we deal with as, I would call it, not having enough ego to be strong enough to come forward with your work. And if you're serious about being a creative person in one of the creative fields, you have to deal with that. Of course, if you just want to be creative in your ordinary life, you can just write a book for your family and self-publish it and let them read it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on creativity today. Well, thank you for having me, Vicki. And you can find a lot of ideas on my website, www.bunnypainclemes.com, as well as in my book, Creative Synergy. Join us next time on New Connection Radio, your source for conscious living. Mm-hmm. 